What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. Before we jump into today's podcast, I'd love for you to check out my band, Run With It. That's Run With It. You can follow us anywhere on social media at Run With It Band, at Run With It Band. And make sure you check out our EP that's up on all streaming platforms. It's called How to Start a Fire. You can click on that. You can find all that at runwithitband.net. That's runwithitband.net. On today's episode, we have Trent Puckett. Trent Puckett is a musician from Southwest Missouri. He has played with the band The Darters and 501B. He will be playing guitar and lap steel with The Darters on tour this summer. In today's episode, Trent shares his story of obtaining his degree in business and how it is applied in multiple ways as he steps into his first touring band. We also talk tips on balancing the day job and artistry and how to stay focused in the early stages as you hear a lot of no's coming your way. It's a great episode. Enjoy. And one last note, make sure you stay tuned right at the end of the interview. We're going to be playing one of the latest tracks from Trent's band, The Darters. It's called Salutation to Summer's Arrival. The Live and Create Podcast. Got a... Got gold records in the background, man. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> My girlfriend made that for me. <laughs> That's brilliant. What what album is that? That's um, the, I was in a band called 501B before I was in the Darters, which you know me for. But um, yeah, that was that album we put out in 2018, I think. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. It's always fun when you see something like that on someone's wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone's like, Oh, is that real? I'm like, no, <laughs> you're like, sorry, sorry, no. sorry. But you're like, but it will be, you just keep following. But yeah. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> I need to, I need to get something like that for our EP or something. Uh, on right. The yeah. And, but yeah, I guess then it is when they're like, is it really? I'd be like, no, sorry. No. <laughs> we never even got vials printed. It's just a, a record she found at a thrift store. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love to see that kind of support, though. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's great. What they call it, there's people who talk about that. Uh, it's like speak it into existence or something. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what you're doing. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, man. So 501B, but then now in the darters. And yes. you guys get ready to go on tour this summer, which is pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, when did you join in with the darters? When did you start? Um, so I joined in last summer would have been about last June, July, somewhere around there. And they'd already been playing for quite some time before I kind of hooked up with them. Um, the bass player in the darters, Jade, Jade Weston was our bass player in 501B. So that's kind of the connection there. And when he, when he found out that I played lap steel, um, they kind of invited me on to jam with them and just kind of went, went from there. Now I'm playing some guitar, some lap steel, kind of doing all that. So that's awesome. The the moment they hear lap steel, they're like, son of a bitch you're in. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it'd be interesting just kind of hear your guys' process because we're in the process of, of like recruiting members as well as we move forward. And uh, it was funny because one guy that's in the process with us, um, I, I'd reached out to him. We were kind of talking through terms. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of cool. It sounds like we're just kind of dating. And we're going to have like a one-night stand. And we'll see how that goes. Right. And then we'll go from there. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like that. Like, was it a dating thing? Or was it just like love at first sight for you with joining the darters? Yeah, I, we just kind of like, 
I just went over and we, we, we have this church that's over in uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas that a couple of the members do the audio, audio and video stuff for. So they let us okay. use one of the rooms to, to rehearse and uh, record it. Nice. So we just went over there one night, all of us played and I was just like, yeah, I don't really know any of these songs, but I'm just going to like, <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm going to do the last, I'm going to do the thing that got me in the band, which <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were like, Hey, this is great. Do you want to like play with this gig with us in a month? I was like, sure. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. And after that gig, I'm assuming went well, since they're like, Hey, you want to go on the road with us? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're hitting the road this summer, coming to, coming to Kansas city, uh, Tennessee, Denver, uh, a lot of cool spots so I'm, I'm really excited for that that's awesome man after after this well do you know offhand when you guys are going to be in kansas city Ooh, i'd have to look it up I'd have it's to all good it. it's all good i'll uh sure. i'll just try to keep track i'm i'm constantly playing i'm playing about five to six nights a week currently so i don't even know oh, if i can awesome. get free but if i can get free uh it'd be cool to see you guys in person for so sure. um and so for you, had you been touring before? Is this going to be one of your first times, like, getting out there on the road this this far? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, um, with with 501B, we played a lot locally um, mm. around the Joplin, Pittsburgh area. And we played a little bit in Wichita and down in, like, Grove, Oklahoma. But we never really got the chance to put a tour together. So this is, yeah, this will be my first time, uh, you know, really getting out there. So I'm really excited. Right. Now for you, has it always been like the dream uh, to get on the road and, and play music? That, that's been your passion? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So this is like super, super cool stuff. You're like, hell yeah, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where did it start like from a young age or was it somewhere where you caught like a bug? Like I know like Caleb, I think you and I both know him from uh, Fox Royale. Like yeah. for him at first, he wasn't even really into the band thing. They kind of like pulled him into it. But then all of a sudden, I think early high school, he said it, it just hit him. And then next thing you know, he's on the road all the time. Right. Um, like what was it for you? Was it you just always knew this is direction or it, it hit you later? Well, so I, I mean, I, I've been playing guitar for like, I uh, started once probably about 11, 12 years old. Um, and it was like, that was definitely like a love at first sight thing for me where it was like, okay, like I'm obsessed with this now. This is like my thing right now. And it has been ever since then. And um, yeah, I just, I was lucky enough to, to, to meet Brooks and join up with the darters who kind of already had this plan in mind to go on the road. And so just kind of, you know, lucked out that I that I joined up at the right time and with with the right guys that were wanting to do the same thing so so yeah I mean it's it's always been a dream of mine to do it and now now it's like you know it's like happening so it's cool that's awesome now was it just that focus that you saw in Brooks and in the whole crew that attracted you to it or was it something else that you were like no I definitely want to be hanging out with these folks yeah it was just it it was a focus and like a a level of like we're gonna do this and we're gonna put like a plan in place so that we can do this and we've got you know we've 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 got we've got a plan to make it happen was was kind of the thing where i was like oh, okay this is like this is legit so yeah for the listener uh obviously they can't see it but when i hear an artist say yeah we got a plan to make it happen i just smile really big i, I get like the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a big old smile because i think um too often 
art and business seem to be in conflict with each other. But in reality, to make art flourish, at least in the economies we have, <laughs> you know, floating around in the world, you, it seems like you have to figure that piece out and and to have like an actual plan of execution and business thing. When I hear bands talk about it and individuals in bands talk about it, I get so excited. That's really cool. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing we're learning is like, it's like the music is, the music's the, the fun part, and but it's only like 40% of it. 40 50 percent of it you know and the other half is you know calling venues and getting getting hung up on and you know <laughs> like all the non-sexy stuff yes yeah yeah that, that's in order to like to make something like this happen you gotta you gotta put in the, the time for that as well aside from just like i said the fun stuff of just you know hanging out and jamming but right yeah, that, oh, excuse me. It, it's, it seems like you can have all the pieces as far as the art goes. And what we, my band, Run With It, we learned the hard way, you know, where we, we actually did have a plan, had a lot of really good things executing, uh, but there were still other, other parts that we had overlooked and that I personally had overlooked where it was like, it didn't matter how great the music was, it couldn't continue to stain, sustain itself without the cash flow, without like all, all the details running together. And, Absolutely. you know, like I said, we learned it the hard way where we've made adjustments and, and moving forward, I think in a much healthier way right now. Um, but man, it's so, so, so important. Uh, with you, like having that sense, and again, like, and how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 24. So 24, right? And I think of that as pretty young because I'm an old dude. <laughs> and then you're a guitarist in a band. Um, again, the cliche is like most people aren't thinking in that business mindset at that point. But obviously you are. Obviously your crew is. Um, where does that come from for you? Is it something that, again, you've had since you were young or were there mentors along the way that helped shape that into you? Well, for me, I actually went to business school. Um, I graduated nice two yeah well almost three years ago now um from Pitt State with with a degree in business administration so that's kind of like this this project is kind of like the first time I've been able to take like the the music side of things and also the business kind of side of things and do both at the same time so it's and yeah I call the music the fun stuff but I mean I don't mind like the business side of it either right. so I mean it's 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 cool yeah, that's really cool. Where did you plan? Like, was it in your head? Like, I'm going to get a business degree so I can apply it in the music industry? Or was it just like, I want to have this, this skill set just in case? I, I don't know. What was yeah, the it, was, it was more, well, the, the original motivation was, I want to do something that seems easy. <laughs> you know, compared <laughs> to like other, other, like my other friends were like, going into like, geographical mapping and history and that stuff like that. I was like right that's there. that's not for me yeah. so let's let's do something that's maybe a little less work um come come to find out that was not the case but um <laughs> but it, yeah it was like as I kind of went through school I was kind of taking these pieces of information that we were learning and kind of looking at it a lot of my projects that that I did in school were like kind of put through a music industry sort of lens but like like by my choice just because that was what I was interested in so that was what I what I kind of uh you know focused focused focus towards um but yeah I think it's it's kind of just something that 
that like that like happenstance like oh i also have this business knowledge that i could use for this sort of stuff i didn't realize that when i was in school at the time but now that we're kind of doing all this i'm like oh hey this is actually i'm actually using this stuff now so that's cool yeah that's when i think about college sometimes because i just got a straight music degree and i look back and i'm like i think there probably were would have been several other degrees that would have been more effective and i could have just done the private lessons uh to get what i got out of that so i yeah that is what are some of the things that you felt like overlapped the most when you talk about like studying the business piece and now stepping into a band? I think it's just like a lot of it's just kind of the way like you know we do a lot of just like cold messaging venues and and you know stuff like that to try to just get our foot in the door and and a lot of it's just kind of the way you are able to present yourself if that makes like the way you kind of word your things and, and just kind of having that like professional approach to, 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 um, to doing that. And also like a lot of the, like the kind of the marketing stuff as well. I took some social media marketing classes um, and just kind of the, the strategies that, that you can use for that sort of stuff um, has, has all been really helpful um, for, for the darter stuff. Yeah, social media is gold, man. Like, right. the, it helped us in our, we called it Run With, we're calling it now Run With a 2.0, which is back before we had quit. I put in air quotes for the listener. But, um, but yeah, social media was such a huge component for what we did. And then now as, now as we're firing back up, it, one, what's hilarious is in two years, the landscape has changed like night and day different than when Absolutely. we were running. Like we, we had paid for coaching. We had done a lot of things to apply ourselves to social media and connecting with our fans. And like I said, it worked great, but now we're seeing like a lot of those old tactics, the principles are the same, but the tactics just in two years, like yeah. astronomically different. And uh, my guess is like six months from now, the tactics are going to change as well, but oh, nonetheless absolutely. already seeing like a return from the social media engagement and, and fans all over the place. Like it's, Oh, I, I love that. I actually love that yeah. stuff. I hear uh, artists complain about it all the time. And I'm like, dude, the fact that it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can find new fans. You can connect with them. That's huge. <laughs> it's the best way. I, I think it's the best way to, to reach people nowadays. I mean, it, everyone's on it constantly. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's more just about like kind of reminding people that you're there. You know, it's right. kind, of, kind of the way I think of it. So. Yeah, and like for us, it's like just finding consistent ways to engage uh, with people in fresh ways, you know. And I I see some people feel overwhelmed by it, but it seems like whenever I get overwhelmed, it's that I think people think they have to keep doing all the dumbass dances and shit like that. Like right. <laughs> where yeah. it's like you know we're we've kind of adopted very much the heavy mentality. Are you familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So business guru you know almost cultish type person yeah <laughs> my, my wife said uh he's like my jesus at some point in my life so i i had to like you know detox from gary v for a little <laughs> bit but <laughs> but i learned a, a ton and i love where he talks about document don't create like don't get hung up on basically doing the dumbass dances like if you're right. a band there's a whole bunch of shit we do that's really cool that if you just capture it and share it like naturally i think people seem to engage with it you know yeah, I was I was listening to this podcast with um, a guitar player a while back. His name's Ariel Posen. I'm not I'm not sure if you 
if you've heard I'm of him. He's, he's a pr- pretty, pretty well-known guitar player on Instagram. And um, he was saying that it's like, his approach to it is he just, it's, it's got to feel natural, you know, it can't feel forced. Yeah. Like, and that's like you said, doing the dances and like, if that's your thing, then, exactly, then by all yeah. means, like go for it. But if it's not your thing, people are going to know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just about like creating a, a, um, you know, a, a realistic view of who you are as a band and who, mm. who you are as a person, I guess as well. Yeah. I think that, that was one piece to our conversation center around like, how can we be authentic yeah. like, and, and just continue to let like who we are as individuals. And then what happens as, as we come together as individuals, you know, overflow. And it seems like anytime it gets stressful is when we're trying to break out of that. Cause like, yeah, yeah. if you look at me, like me trying to do some of those dances, it's just not like I, people would be like, <laughs> Oh, that's cringe, bro. Like, unless my goal was literally like, how cringy can we be like that right, the only yeah. time I should, I should be personally doing the dances, but you know, if you're a middle school girl, go for it. Like, or, yeah, you, know, like, absolutely. you know, or if you're like in a dance group or something, maybe that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. Run with it. Doesn't have a lot of like dance choreography going on. We don't, we yeah. jump around and jump off of shit and like things on yeah. fire. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the authenticity piece uh, is so huge. I think when it comes to songwriting as well, it's like figuring Absolutely. out how, how do you take this authentic? And we're in the, in the process of writing for 2023. So it's like heavy on my mind. I imagine for you guys, it's heavy. Cause from my understanding, you guys are sending tracks back and forth. Uh, yeah. As Brooks uh-huh. is out in Madrid and you guys are figuring out new songs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that for us, we're like wrestling through, like, how do we take who we are authentically are? Uh, where do we want to be as a band? And then how can we, craft that in such a way that it communicates well with our audience it's like this weird strange process um what does that process look like from your end uh of writing in the band sending tracks back and forth and all that yeah so like you said brooks is over in uh, madrid at the moment until i think he's come back in like three three weeks from now um so we've been sending tracks back and forth um we have a, a single that's coming out this summer that was recorded mostly i mean we did a little bit last summer but a lot of it was recorded remotely and um so it's just like it's it's almost like a trial and error sort of thing of just you know he'll send me something i'll play i'll play something over it send it back so so we'll say no we're you know kind of looking for more something like this like okay we'll we'll do it again well (laughs) so it's kind of just like a uh it's it's pretty collaborative i mean it's 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 fun to be a part of because yeah we're just constantly sending stuff and we we've got we've got this group of like 10 or 12 songs that we've been working on and then we're kind of looking just in the last couple weeks or so kind of looking at the next batch of songs that we're gonna get started on so it's it's been a lot of just kind of bare bones recording so far as far as what he's sending me and I'm kind of working some stuff up. So, um, yeah, I just like, like try to, cause I'm, I'm not really, a am not a songwriter per se, mm. um, as far as lyrics and stuff like that. Um, so it's, for me, it's more just like with the guitar trying to add something to the song without, um, 
taking over the song, if, if that makes sense. Right. Just, just trying to play something that fits well within the context of what we're trying to do with, with that song, whatever it may be. No, I love that. Uh, one thing we've talked about a lot, too, is just how do you serve the song instead of just serving the individual? You know, there's even times where, like, I want to do these vocal runs, and we had a member uh, for a good season that would constantly, and it was great. He would constantly remind me, like, hey, when you do that run, I can't harmonize with you the way we're supposed to be harmonizing on this. Right. So that's cool that you can do that, but maybe we should. Be. <laughs> and, and I was always like, yeah. oh, man, no, he's right. You know, as I, like, process it. And it's like, how do you serve that that emotion, that story, the best, as opposed Absolutely. to like, look, I'm a badass guitarist or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like, there's some moments in songs that that need that, you know, because I mm -hmm. I hear people talk Absolutely. about people guitar playing and stuff like that a lot, and it doesn't have to just be restrained. You know, some sometimes a song needs just a, you know, badass solo or Absolutely. something, but not every song does so it's just kind of knowing where where to put it and where to to back off no, knowing where not to play really is kind of the, right. the what, what i hear a lot of guitar players that i like talk about a lot so well when i think of um guitarists uh, obviously great guitarists but are the ones like so you got two different worlds you have a van halen and then you have like a david gilmore and so it's like Absolutely. Van Halen will take 20 notes to play what David Gilmore can do in one note, but each yeah. one of them, it's a beautiful like landscape that they paint, but like you said, it's, it's a, it's a certain purpose. So. Yeah. It's neither one. It's neither one is better or worse. It's just, you know, Van Halen wouldn't fit in in Pink Floyd and <laughs> fit in, in in Van Halen, you know, it's just right. what you're Absolutely. trying to do. What are some other guitarists that are big influences on you? Um, I love Derek Trucks, um, okay. Mills, um, John Mayer, big John Mayer fan, um, Billy Strings, uh, I could go on and on, but <laughs> <laughs> you're like all the great ones. All the yeah. Great ones. <laughs> I went through a huge John Mayer phase, like, I, like I constantly working on John Mayer riffs and everything. Yeah. Um, I used to be the the rhythm and lead in my band, and then I just concluded I'm not the lead, and now we have a lead guitarist. <laughs> but uh, but I was trying really hard, and I was working with this other guitarist, and uh, he was like he was like play another solo, play another one. He goes he just comes up to me after rehearsal. He goes, Miguel, I get it. You listen to John Mayer, but can you give me something different? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. but that's how big of a John Mayer phase I went through. The dude is. It's just a brilliant, brilliant guitarist. I think every guitar player in the last like 20 years has went through that phase. Cause it's just yeah. like, you know, you start, you know, you listen to like daughters or whatever. And it's like, eh, it's just, right. you know, it is what it is. But, and then you're like, oh, this guy can actually play guitar. And then you go down the rabbit hole and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. When the trio, when the trio stuff comes out. Absolutely. It, yeah. Everyone was like, it's funny. I just had a conversation at the gym about John Mayer this morning. Really? <laughs> and uh, the, there's one guy that we've become friends at the gym and he has such great insight. He's not even a musician, but he has such great insight in the music world. Like he's constantly, yeah. Hey, he'll be like, Hey, have you seen this thing from like snarky puppy? And I'm like, no, I didn't even like, I had no idea it existed and I'll go check it out and it'll like blow my mind, you know, <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And that's why he was breaking down like John Mayer and something he was like watching about his process and how like they did gravity live in the beginning of the tour started at like a three minute song. And by the end of the tour, it, they had grown it to like an 11, 12 minute song. And right. Mm -hmm. just, 
yeah, you could tell like his passion for that. So I'm going to have to go find the videos he was talking about too. Cause every time I, like there was one, it was, um, <clears throat> the drummer for snarky puppy. can't remember his name. They, they, um, God, what band was it? I think they, they showed him like a tool song or something like one take. Like I saw that video just, just the other day. Okay. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Was it tool or schism? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes, and, yeah, I just watched that the other day. You did. So, like, yeah, he's like, dude, I'm telling you, it's going to blow your mind. And I'm like, okay. And it blew my mind. Yeah, yeah it did. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, for the listeners, like, he listens to uh, Schism, right? Which is a very, like, if anyone knows Tool's music, it's very orchestrated, very elaborate, very specific. Lots of listens to it time once. signatures. And... Oh, yeah. And he listens to it once and then recreates it, gets to the end, like, played it damn near perfect and then goes what do you say like oh there's that one part on the tom fill i kind of missed i missed yeah. something there <laughs> and i like before he started he's like now this really isn't my thing and then he plays it like perfectly i know like, hey dude <laughs> yeah that that blew my mind man that blew my mind yeah my my friend at the the gym i he's a fairly private person I, but i'm always fascinated by your conversation so i Sometimes I want to get him on the podcast. I don't think he'd ever do it, but because <laughs> he like constantly, he's the one who got me into Kanye West. Anyone who's been listening to the the podcast for the last like three months, uh, they've had to endure me talking about Kanye West, uh, musically speaking. And uh, because we, we had a debate, like the all time greatest rappers one day, we were both on like an elliptical machine uh -huh. and, and I didn't put Kanye in there. And he challenged me on that. And then he was like, go watch the documentary and see if, uh, see if you change your mind. And I did. I completely changed my mind. He was totally right. So anyways, I, <laughs> I don't know how much rap influences the darters. I, you guys aren't a heavy hip hop group in any way. Not, but <laughs> Not really. Uh, we, I mean, we listen to a lot of it. Um, so you wouldn't know it from our music, but <laughs> right, <laughs> we're, we're all big, like Kendrick Lamar fans, big oh, Kanye God. fans. Uh, for me and Brooks were just talking about Frank Ocean just the other day, just going on about him. So That's it's awesome, man. It's it's there, um, but maybe not like super, super uh, clear influence. Right. Well, and it, honestly, if you listen to a lot of our music, you wouldn't hear it in there. We we actually have a track coming out in the fall where we're featuring a rapper, uh, oh, and he sat in fun. with us when we did a So Far show last week, and it was really fun. That's um, awesome. So I'm. I'm hoping 2023 we'll see some more of that because I love, like you say, like Kendrick, uh, Kanye, uh, J. Cole, Joyner oh, Lucas, yeah. a lot of those, a lot of those dudes. I just, I'm inspired so much by it. I think one part too is I'm always, excuse me, um, I'm always studying like rock music. I'm always in it, and so it's almost like for fun I want to listen to something that's completely outside of my my genre in a way. I and I think totally that's one reason I grab it. You feel that? Yeah. Cause it was just like, a, you know, as a guitar player, you know, you listen and you just kind of like, sometimes you just get in a mood where you just like analyze things and you just, oh, yeah. go, and it's like, I don't want to, I just want to listen to something else, something that doesn't have any guitar. Right. Or, you know, any, anything like that. It's like, I just want to vibe out, man. Yes. Vibe out. So yeah, that's cool. I, I didn't know. I don't think Brooks and I talked much about that as far as that influence. So that's really cool. Uh, if we ever see each other on the road, we'll have to like listen through a whole, you know, the, the whole Absolutely. Kendrick album or something. The, the well, last yeah, one, it's a, one, it's a start yeah. to finish one. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> now, one thing you brought up a lot, uh, I heard earlier is this, this concept of 
of the reality of hustling, like making those phone calls, cold calls, doing a lot of uncomfortable things that a lot of people aren't all about, um, and then hearing no a whole lot, yeah. right? So what are some what are some tools for you that help you push through like all the no's? I think I think you just got to keep going. Um, it's it's kind of interesting actually. I my my full time job is I actually manage a restaurant and bar that also kind of doubles as a music venue. Nice. So I've kind of seen the other side of it, and I know that okay, these people are getting you know, 40, 50 emails a week, people trying to book shows and you just, there's not enough, you know, not enough time in the day to get back to all of it or to have everyone that wants to play there play there. So I, I think that has kind of helped me see that like, okay, they probably got a hundred other phone calls asking the same thing today. So you just gotta, you know, uh, take your licks and keep moving, I guess. Um, And just kind of realizing that like, Maybe this opportunity doesn't work, but say we make 10 more phone calls, you know, who knows? One of them might work. All 10 of them might, you know, you just, right. you know, you don't know. So it's just kind of, you got to keep, keep pushing through it. It definitely sucks to hear, to hear no, or to, to just not hear back at all. But I mean, it's, it's just a part of it, I guess. Right. It's almost like the law of averages might kick in at some point, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, like with the call in venues, it's really interesting your insight behind the scenes because uh, there's a, a friend of mine. He owns a local venue here. Uh, he's the owner of uh, the Rhino. And he was just telling me about like what his life's like, <laughs> you know, as the owner of a venue. And then the, he obviously he, he has a team working with him and uh, he's a tattoo artist. So he's been working on my hand tattoo. <laughs> and so we just get copious amounts of time to talk. And, uh, and it was, it was just really interesting. Cause he's just like, man, it's like hundreds of emails like oh, yeah. every day. And, uh, and that's where, you know, we were just talking through band strategies and, you know, obviously he's the calling the following up. And I was telling him where we don't do a ton of club stuff at this point. We do, uh, we're doing more like festivals and doing more like college booking, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we are looking at the clubs, typically we try to go through like, an, another band that's from that area because in that he was right. like yes i love i absolutely love when bands do that yeah. <laughs> and, and i was like okay good we're on the right we're on the right uh uh step there so but so for you it's like the follow-up the calling is there any other tools that you guys are utilizing when you're you're trying to break through all that noise yeah like i mean like you just said we we went through other bands as well that kind of have an in to a venue um i know like um, for we're playing in nashville in late july nice um we went through a band called pepperwood that kind of had a uh an inside to a theater down there and for um trying to think what else Uh, in denver we went through uh, a band called uh uh, a a different band out there that kind of got us in so that's that's been kind of our main strategy kind of like We'll reach out to the venue, but then we'll also reach out to, to a band or yeah, many bands actually, um, kind of around the area. It's kind of like, hey, you know, we we're looking at this venue for this date. If you guys are interested and can hop on, you know, so that's we've I, I guess we've kind of gone both ways with 
venue and band. So right. um, with varying results for, for both. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that is the reality, you know, for any listener yeah. that, that obviously the listeners hearing about that perspective uh, from you, but it's just, it is, it, it's like, you got to call, you know, 10, 20 schools, uh, you know, for us, we're doing a lot of colleges to get maybe one or two colleges. And then right. it's just like that, that is the reality where we did a lot of showcases and it was like, in showcasing you, you're actually putting some money up to get in front of like school campuses. It's like college showcasing oh, nice. basically. And, uh, I mean, we put a significant amount of money up for about five or six showcases. And the very first one, we literally got nothing like zero bookings out of it. And that hurt. And I'm like, damn, did we just make a big mistake? Cause we just committed a bunch of money for these other ones too. Right. <laughs> but then over time, you know, it, you learn, you grow and you keep pushing through and then, and then things start popping off, you know, and it's just that patience and the, yeah, that's like what we're saying. Like resilience. <laughs> keep doing it. Then, you know, something's, something's going to happen. That's, that's kind of the way we look at it. That's awesome, man. Well, and it seems like that with the songwriting process as well, you know, where uh, absolutely our EP we did, I think I wrote like 60 songs for it and it got sifted down to six in the end, you know, nice. and one of them almost didn't make it on the album even then because I was fighting against putting it on because I didn't like it, <laughs> but everyone else vetoed me. And, uh, and so it got on there. So it was like, all right, cool. But yeah. but yeah, it was like, it was like each song seems to lead to like the next idea, at least for me, like yes. in shaping it. For sure. Now does with Brooke come, Brooks sending out stuff to you, you were saying like different tracks and then you guys are, are putting your specific parts on it or also arranging and like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Usually he's got like, I mean, for the, for the songs that we, that we have been releasing and are, are releasing over the coming months, they kind of already had those songs. I would say like 90% finished by the time that I got on board with the band okay. last summer. So that those songs were kind of more just me coming in, adding, you know, some overdubs, guitar parts, um stuff on the lap steel um for the for the new stuff we're we're pretty early on in the in the uh development for those um so so far it's just been you know sending guitar guitar parts you know maybe like you know a progression or hey this you know this effect would sound cool on this or you know something like that right um so it's yeah, it's really he's he does all the lyrics and um, we kind of input on instrumentation and like arrangement and stuff like that. Nice, that's awesome. Now, when it comes to like doing the the dual life, right? So you got the day job and you also got the band. You're getting ready to go on tour with. Um, yeah. You know, for any artist who's listening, maybe they're stepping out into the band world, or maybe they're just trying to write a book but they also have to hold down that day job. You know, like for me, uh, music's my full-time thing, but my wife and I also have like this commercial cleaning company that we do on the side. And so um, what are some of your tools that you use to balance both of those things? Well, um, it's, it's definitely a struggle. Um, I would say definitely just being honest with yourself about the workload that you can take on mm. for you know while working full-time almost almost two full-time jobs right now in a way um and my understanding of restaurant management is intense 
yes. as far as industry in general. So yeah, <laughs> it's long, long hours, lots of hours, a lot of, a lot, a lot of frustrating things happen. So it's just kind of like, you, you can't let you for, for that side of stuff. It's like, you can't let it seep into your personal life too because otherwise you're just you're not going to be happy you're just gonna be unhappy all the time thinking about work constantly you got like when when you leave work you got to just kind of not forget about it but just kind of you know like leave leave it at the restaurant what happens at the restaurant stays at the restaurant kind of deal absolutely yeah yeah (laughs) and then like you know for the for balancing the band stuff as well you know i i do a lot of stuff kind of in the afternoons when it's a little slower i can kind of take some time to to take care of some band stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really just about like managing what you can and can't do. I would say don't, don't take too much, too much on. Cause then you're just going to be disappointing people. You know, if you say, oh, I'm going to get this done this week. And then it's like, Oh, I spent 75 hours at the restaurant this week. Didn't have time. Right. So it's just like be, being honest with everyone. Like, Hey, like this, this isn't going to happen this week. I'll try to get on it next week. Um, and and just um yeah that's really that's that's the main advice it's it's kind of a it's an ongoing learning curve for me as well so right yeah constantly man constantly well and even even within a band you know it's like some days i feel like i'm more a songwriter and some days i feel like i'm more an agent and some days i feel like I'm more a manager like it's just right uh it's even then i i struggle like even fully in the band like how do you balance some of those things and make Absolutely. sure that you're all the all the plates are spinning if you will so <laughs> like you're it's like you're doing like three or four separate jobs almost is kind of what it feels like it's yes but they all have to kind of work together to make it all happen exactly exactly well for the last two questions of the podcast uh it's based again off this idea of live and create right so right now how would you define living a great life? I would say, I've, I would say it's kind of almost like we were just talking about finding the balance between what you, what you want to do and what you have to do, you know, cause we, we all got to go to work, pay the bills, right. All that. And, but if that's all you got going on, then you're not, I don't know. In, in, in my opinion, you're not living a great life. Like you mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta have some, some kind of passion outside of what you have to do to, um, to really be fulfilled. I think, and no matter what it is, you know, for me, it's music for, you know, for other people, it could be, you know, fishing or, you know, whatever. Right. But you got to, you got to make time for the stuff that you want to do, no, no matter how you got to do it. I mean, it's just, it's got to happen. And it, it almost sounds like just that, that concept of like, don't let the kind of the weight of responsibilities in the world kind of kill your passions, your soul. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause I mean, you, yeah, you just, you got to make time for it. No, no matter how, no matter how you do it, you just, you just have to. Absolutely. Well, sweet, man. Well, in the last question of the podcast then is how would you define creating great things right now? Oh, man. Um, I would say 
I would say as long as it's something when you're finished with it, you can step back and say that you're proud of it. You can you can step back and say, you know, this is this is something that me and and you know and in, in my case, you know, me and these other guys created. And you know, may, maybe it's not for everybody. Maybe it's not everybody's cup of tea. You know, obviously, you know, different different tastes and styles and all that. But right. as long as you can step back from it and say, you know, I I'm proud of this. I'm proud of the work we put into this, and and I'm proud of the final product. I think that that that's what creating great things is really all about. That's awesome, man. Well, let everyone know how they can connect with you, and then how they can find the Darters music as well. Yeah, so I'm on uh, Instagram uh, under Pentucket. Um, I'm on TikTok under Pentucket. Don't post a lot there, but mo- mostly on Instagram. Um, the Darters, you can find us at the Darters on Instagram, at the Darters on TikTok, um, and the Darters Band on Facebook. Um, yeah, we're hitting the road this summer. Um, got a got a lot of dates coming up that we're about to announce, and a new single coming out in two weeks from now. So, well, that's awesome, man. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how things continue to grow for you guys, especially with Brooks coming back in the country and you guys getting rolling. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, we're all excited. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for making the time, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. You were my across the Mississippi but with a change of wind and turn of seasons I'm off to find what there is to see Don't know if I'll see you again at least not in this life but if I did I'd tell you that you often cross my mind Just met at the wrong time Things that were never meant to touch Move on parallel lines Headed out this time by myself I don't know when I'll be back Catch me dropping in and out Of their thoughts and conversations They're gonna miss me
Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.